Hey, hey, hey. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Living in Color with Amber and Tamala, where we discuss spirituality, career education, finances, and relationships as Black women and how mental health affects them all. How you doing, sis? Sis, we here. It's getting cool outside. Yeah. It's time for like hot tea and coffee and apple pies and leaves changing. All that good stuff. So (laughs) you went to hot tea. I was like, yes, sweaters, boots. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sweaters are good too. Tight, uh, you know, long socks, all of that good stuff. I love it. How are you? I'm good. I admit I am enjoying the weather. This is my favorite time of year when it's not, well, I don't mind the cold either, but right when it starts being like super cool in the morning, that crisp air, um, and then the sun comes out and you have just enough coolness to need like a light long sleeve shirt or something, but you're not sweating to death. So... (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate the 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 season change. Yes, I I would have to agree. I feel I'm in the same boat, especially um for me, I've been working out a lot outside and so this is like the mm-hmm. best time here to be able to work out outside and it's comfortable. Um you know, just a, a few short weeks ago it was hot, hot, and it was a, it was rough. You had to change your draws and everything as soon. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we are great. It's good to get to this part of the year. Like, if we think about it, it's been a, it's been a year. So it's good to get to this part of the year and still be in the land of the living. Hello, somebody. Amen. 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 <laughs> you know, it's going to look a little different for sure. Um, and I'm not sure what that looks like, but it's going to look different, um, as far as the holidays go, but I'm still going to try to make the best of it. Cause it's anyone who's been around me for at least a year knows that this is the time where I like really don't let things bother me because of the holidays. Um, so Christmas music will be in, um, rotation soon, just FYI. And um, I start playing my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why we get along. <laughs> you know, I told you, Lowe's had the Christmas trees up, and I was like, okay, well, mine here. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. So I was out um, doing some shopping for uh, getting ready for my dad's birthday parade this past weekend and was in Walmart and saw all the Christmas stuff. And it just prompted me when I got back to the car to find my Let It Snow radio station on Pandora. And when I tell you, I'm trying to tell you, it did something for me that no man has ever. I'm just saying. (laughs) That is a good one. Um, Hey, we can do a podcast on favorites around the holidays but that that is definitely one of those good ones to have in rotation on your playlist if you do not yes 
Yes. So, but let's go ahead and jump in today and, you know, get things started off with a bang. Let's go ahead and get this out. I just want to know how you really feel about this whole Tory Lanez, Meg the Stallion beef that continues to be a thing. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> where do I start? It just goes back to multiple conversations that you and I have about the fact of Black women having to prove something. Now, no one was there. I don't care if they were drunk. I don't care if they were high. Um, The people in the vehicle should have known what took place. Now, the fact is, sis was shot. Period. Now, uh, you know, initially... She said that he did it. He's been, you know, mute for months. And then it's like it was planned. The article came out about T.I. having a sit down with them saying, you know, hey, bruh, you got to say something. We got these facts here. You can't just be quiet in a moment like this. And bam, you come in at 12 Eastern Standard Time when most people are asleep to do something, to have a conversation, to speak on the, the allegations, to, you know, present your case. And instead of just sitting down and having a wonderful conversation, um, you proceed to just disperse trash. I, I don't even know what else to call it. Now, let me let me say this. As someone who likes music, Some of the rhythm and beats are very nice amongst the album. However, um, the content is trash. (laughs) You pretty much made a list of women who have made you feel some type of way during your silence and just went to town. And that is not okay. Um... On top of, you know, the release date, which you said was already in the works. And if it was, then, you know, kudos to you for that. I understand that that was your mother's passing and that could be a very symbolic time for you. Um, However, um, you know, we were, information was given to us before we got the verdict of what Breonna Taylor's case was. So they have been prepping us for days, or at least a day, to say, hey, we're going to tell this information on this date. At that point in time, I think you could have sat down with your team, as you say, um, and kind of had a heart-to-heart, like, no, this doesn't take anything from your mother, but with your mother being a black woman, um, I don't, I'm not going to speak on what she would have said, but I'm just going to say as a black woman who has a black son, I wouldn't have been here for that move. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, a couple of things for me 
when it comes to this whole situation. First of all, cancel culture just needs to go, period. Thinking about this situation, um, there are so many thoughts that I have, but I really think cancel culture just needs to go away because it makes it hard for people to be human, to Mm -hmm. make a mistake or whatever the case may be. Now, uh, as it relates to Tori and Meg, uh, like whose side are you on, all that other stuff, I honestly think we don't know the facts about this situation all the way together, period. Like clearly something happened that what that shouldn't have happened. And I think people were trying to cover the artists behinds on both ends. Mm-hmm. And I think when that happened, we, you know, media takes what they do know or what they've heard and they run with that. So we always get a narrative that's never true from either from either side. Right. But then we have an artist come and take a stance and speak out like Meg finally came on and said, yes, she was shot. And yes, that, you know, all these other things you still have to hear about from from Tory's side for him to make a diss track is a, a level of immaturity that I just can't get with, period. Like. I get that you're in your bag and I get the music sales for you and and that's how you make your livelihood and all that other stuff. But when it comes down to something as personal as this, especially if that was supposed to be a friend of yours or y'all had a connection with one another, things should have been handled differently at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I also think, I'm just being honest from my own personal perspective, Black women are always supposed to keep everybody else lifted, period. Mm. (laughs) Like, we are supposed to keep everybody else lifted, and we can't fall short. If we fall short, then we're dragged through the mud for falling short. But if it's on the other end, and if it's the man who falls short, then it's always about giving him some grace. Mm. And that is the issue that I have with this whole thing, because that that still continues to be the theme that continues to to be in all of these cases, especially when it comes to altercations between black women and black men and black women. So that's, you know, know, how I feel about the situation. I wish them both the best because I clearly, you know, they both have music that people vibe to enjoy or whatever the case may be. Um, and to me, I don't, I don't know what happened in that car and I don't know, you know, what caused things to escalate the way they did. But I just wish that things could be handled differently and as much as you can outside the media so that you all will be OK, because another story will come up and we'll forget all about y'all hmm. and, and move on to the next thing. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I just hope they work things out enough to to figure out what their relationship is because I can only imagine if it's playing out in the media this way, I can't even imagine what that is doing to them personally. Right. And I think the, the fact that some people are forgetting is that they both lost their parents. Like they're grieving in a complicated way. Um, And the commonality that they found in one another, which brought them together, as they've said, it's also like a destructive factor for them Mm -hmm. because they can't 
some things that that's speculating. I'm going to say from observation, it seems like they had good intentions, but the reckless behavior may have gone in the way and then caused something to happen that was unfortunate. Yes, absolutely. And those things happen, right? Those things happen in life. I know both you and I can talk about plenty of times where, you know, we could have handled things a little bit differently um, under like a different environment or if we were in a different headspace or whatever the case may be. So, you know, we, I, I guess, I don't know. I think when it comes to the world that we're living in right now, and the ability for media to t- take things and just, you know, run with them, it makes it all the more unfortunate because now you got to deal with it from that standpoint as well. Right. I agree. But best of luck to them. And, you know, I'm sure we'll hear more about it in of course. a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So I know you had to hear this and I put it on today's uh, list because I just wanted to know your thoughts about it. Jeezy coming out with an official talk show. What's what's going through your mind? I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. I love Jeezy as an artist. And that's not, well, let me back up and say this. A lot of people, mm, I'm not going to say that either. Some people aren't aware of the dialogue that Jeezy is able to carry outside of rap. I'll say that. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. I just don't know about a talk show because I don't know the vision for the talk show. Um, Yeah. Like, are you, is it going to just be how, what topics, like, I just have a couple of questions as follow-ups before I can really be like, okay, I'm here for it. Uh, But nevertheless, you know, I'm a Jeezy fan, so I'll definitely give it a try, no matter what it's about. And then, you know, follow up with me. So I was trying to go back and um, see if they talked about, you know, what the show would be about. And um, it says that, you know, the show would focus on discussing topics that impact the black community, including politics, the social climate, sports and entertainment. So it sounds like the that's going to be the basis for um, the talk show. But, but you know. Who knows? That's still a little too broad. Just to answer answer that question. So stay tuned, you know, for my feedback on that one, guys. (laughs) Um, Well, all all that being said, one of the other um, current events going on right now, and I I just saw it um, yesterday, I believe, but we still dealing with unclean water here in the U.S. Listen and, here. Um, Listen <laughs> here. <laughs> I, this is why I say uh, this country has so much growth to do. Like, I just, I why? That is my only question. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, it, remi- it continues to remind me of how much work we have to do right here in our own backyard. Um, that, you know, we, again, coming from a public health perspective, I, I get global health and global health crises and, you know, just making sure that we're doing what we need to do from a global perspective. But if 2020 has taught us anything, it has taught us that we need changes right here in the U.S. We are not all up, you know, we're not all that we're cracked up to be. Um, And yes, we do have good infrastructure in some ways, but the fact that the fact that we're dealing with bad water in places that, you know, I mean, it's Houston and they're talking about a deadly brain eating microbe like this isn't even small. This is huge, bruh. The daiquiris that we had in Houston had to have tap water ice. Listen, you know, you know just, <laughs> while he, 45 walking around calling it the China virus, which, what do you, can we name a couple of American destructions? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely like, agree with that. I just think about all the things. The, the hookah uses tap water. Like, Jesus. <laughs> the people can't even shower. They told them, do not use water to do anything other than flush the toilet. And flush the toilet. You, right. If you think about how much we use water on a daily basis, and then we're in the midst of a coronavirus where you're supposed to be washing your hands often. Listen here. <laughs> I just you know, can't. I refill my water bottle in the filtered water system out the refrigerator. Now, come on. I, I, I just, I, I have no words again. Yeah. <laughs> disgust. That is the only word. Yeah. Because there's no, re- first of all, there's no reason that Flint should have went as long as it did without clean water and they're still dealing with that. And now here lies in the midst of a just evil ass pandemic, you just out here dumping stuff in water. And so therefore this child has lost their life to a brain eating amoeba and gone. Somebody, they were just, he was just out here living his best of life in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. And then yeah. because y'all, y'all just won't do right. And I say y'all as in the people who own these plants and these organizations that continue to connect, contaminate and pollute things consistently. Like, just stop, please. Just stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it to me, I think about it goes back to how selfish of a of a nation we really are. And how much it's about if it doesn't concern us, uh, especially when we're talking about our, the, our leaders and the people who are in leadership and who are responsible for, you know, carrying out certain mandates and, and making sure certain things are in place. It has become so much more about money and, and you know, how much more money than it has been about humanity. And at yeah. the end of the day, I think that is the that is the soul. Unfortunately, that's the soul of this nation. And we've I feel like I've seen it 
for a long time. I feel like a lot of people have seen it for a long time, but I just think this year with all of his challenges have brought that out all the more. People are not out for the common good of, of mankind anymore. It's not mm-hmm. even a thing. It's more about, okay, how can this benefit me? And how can I um, get to the next rung on the ladder of success where I get to the top and I don't care about all the rungs up under me? And I'm stepping on every hand on every bar every. that I'm walking up. I'm just them in the face. <laughs> everyone everyone and you know at the end of the day i think to myself i'm like if we could just do away with this this success ladder and focus on something a little bit different like i don't know maybe some self acceptance or mm. self love mm. um i feel like we would live in a better world yes empathy come on somebody honesty <laughs> <sighs> but anyway <laughs> Yes. Consistency. Trust. Come on. Come on. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I was listening to that today. Oh. She has a, a playlist on Apple Music for those who love the Queen. Come on. I had to check it out. Um, but yeah, so those are all things going on in the world today. Um, many more things are going on, by the way. We're just highlighting a few that have popped up yes, for us. Remember, level 10 starts in a couple of days. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so in our naturally amazing segment, listen, I have got to shout out Chadwick Boseman, who is still leading the way, even in his absence from Earth. I mean, I I was reading on social media and to learn that he gave, he took rather, a pay cut to help increase a female actor's salary while they were working on the 21 Bridges. So to me, it's less. I mean, come on, let's talk about it because we both know we, you and I, we both know about pay disparities mm-hmm. at our jobs mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Um, so for someone to to be at that place, to be in the place that he was in, where he probably was making a lot anyway. I mean, let's be honest, he mm-hmm. came off black pants. Mm. <laughs> But, you know, for him to say it's not about me getting more, it's about me bringing people up with me. We need more of that in the world. Listen here. And I I pray everyone takes this as a joke. But when the time comes and I get to the gate, I just need the Lord to let me just swing by his house still. (laughs) Because... I mean, you know, as if he was already at the top of the list, you know, in his in his time of living, you know, he just had something about him after Black Panther for me. And I was just like, mm. but, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I read this and I was just like, Lord, what what aisle did you put those on down here on Earth? <laughs> I just, I, what store? 
I just need to know. It's not at Target. I've been there and Lowe's either. Okay. <laughs> I've been there as well a lot. So can you just let me know what store and aisle those are on? Okay. I, I don't even care the price anymore. I just, listen, something is telling, something, something is telling me, you know, I, I don't know if this is a word, but here we go. So the, the lows and the target, you know, ain't nothing wrong with them. They're good stores. You know, you can get in there, you find whatever you need. They got something for everybody. But to find high-end quality things, sometimes oh, you can go to a certain store to get that thing. It's not it's not accessible to all everybody or to, mm. you know, it's not. So sometimes you got to go to stores that you don't even think you qualify to be in so that you're oh. in the place that you need to be in for what is meant for you. Mm. Come on. It'll preach. It it did. <laughs> not it will. It did. I you know it's listen, but we about to get into that anyway hey. because uh, um, today we are going ahead talking about relationships and dating for the first time on this podcast. Um. <clears throat> so. I think in our intro, we've been doing this intro for 13 episodes. We talk about what we will discuss and relationships as black women is in that introduction. So I think it's high time that we go ahead and, you know, just do a relationship one-on-one conversation, informal, just have a conversation with each other, especially um, for us because we are both single African-American women. So just for you all, for the listeners, um, you know, we'll have to do a different podcast for people who are like married and engaged and all that other stuff and bring people who are in those seasons on. You hear? Um, But today we are going to just kind of talk about what dating looks like, challenges we faced in our relationships, um, what we've learned about ourselves through relationships, relationship do's and don'ts. We just don't go down through there. So sis. What has dating looked like for you over the past couple of years? I'm going to put a disclaimer in this section before we start, and it's just going to be one word. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so to answer your question, over the past couple of years, so are we talking about like three to five or? Yeah, let's. Let's do two to three. Let's let's not go too far back. Okay. Two to three. Whew. Okay. That's 17 to now. All right. I have to put it in perspective, (laughs) y'all, because some people didn't make it to the next year, you know. Um, But nevertheless, I think the only thing that comes to mind is difficult. Um, 2017 was really a year where I found myself, well, first of all, I completed my undergrad that year. And so I was on this high of just, you do you girl, don't worry about everybody else. You just, you do you. Um, And I stayed on that wave throughout 2018, pretty much just doing, saying yes to whatever I wanted to do. I didn't really 
entertain or care what other people were doing. Um, the loneliness came, of course, and I'm pretty sure there was someone there that I talked to for entertainment, but there was no one specifically in place. Um, now we'll yeah. say to counteract that statement at the end of 2018, I, ended something that had been long-term on and off again. And I just got to the point, I was like, I'm tired of trying to prove things to you. And, um, sorry, y'all, my child busting in the door. Um, I got tired of proving things to, or trying to prove things to this person or asking them to accept me and receive all of me. Um, So I just ended that and then move forward. I had to let go of another situation in the mist after that. Um, And that one was hurtful. Both of them were hurtful, actually, but they hurt in different ways. One felt like betrayal. One just felt like. failure, I guess I should say. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's it's been difficult. What about you? Um, So I kind of like you in 2017, that was the year by the end of the year, I was going to be turning 30 years old. So I took all of 2017 to live my absolute best life. <laughs> I mean, I stayed in the air I I traveled more than I ever traveled in my life. I just, you know, I just decided I was going to live life and and be free in doing it. And so um, I would say that I didn't necessarily start back dating or being in the dating world until uh, I'd say mid to late 2018. Um, And let me tell you, dating today is not for the faint at heart listen it is not <laughs> do you hear me it is, it is not one more time um, there it is not for the faint at heart you know it there are so many things that you have to contend with now in in the dating world that i'm sure was not even an issue you know years and years ago um and then i think as the older that you get, the more you realize what you're not willing to put up with. So that kind of just cuts it down all the more. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, nah, if I can, if I can find peace and and be okay, and this is not a factor for me, why am I going to invite this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say the dating has been up and down. I'd say in the last two years, I've been in, um, oh. I guess it would be two relationships. Well, one, the relationship doesn't count. I I don't think I can count a relationship that didn't necessarily last more than a few weeks. Um, But one of them was, you know, something that was uh, a lot realer for me as far as like, you know, being in that space of being exclusive with someone and learning someone and understanding that life is not all about you and, what doing life with another person may look like in the dating phase and in the relationship phase. So, you know, there's been, there's been good times and there's been not so good times. Um, 
But, you know, it is what it is. That's what dating life has looked like for me over the past couple of years. But it also has introduced me to the big challenges that I face when it comes to romantic relationships in general. So I'm just throwing that out there. What do you feel like are your biggest challenges that you faced? I am still learning or let me, I'm just going to be, as Mike Todd say, I'm going to be hot, you know? <laughs> um, according to my therapist, I don't have standards. And, you know, <laughs> that that in itself is a problem. Um, and I, I'm going, like, I'm joking about it now because you know, I've kind of worked through some of it, but for the most part, I felt like I had standards. Like I didn't have this checklist where he had to make six figures or, you know, he had to be in this specific field. He couldn't have children. He had to drive this kind of car or something like I didn't have those types of things. I really just wanted somebody that was like, cool if you got a constant job that you know offers insurance benefits and you got them great if you take care of your kids if you have them wonderful um and can just carve out time for me because I'm a mom too so you know I have to rely on time management and so I think the most difficult part for me is just finding the person that truly matches like what I need in life and Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten it because I think the difference between you and I is you've had a relationship in the past couple of years. I've been single for 11 years. It'll be 11 years in October Mm. and like a relationship with a title. I'm going to family functions with this individual. He's coming place like I haven't been in one of those since 2009. Now I've had tons Mm. of situationships and things that shouldn't have even been a thing, but serious, committed, exclusive relationship. It'll be 11 years in October. And that in itself has, is like terrifying because I'm scared. I'm not going to know what to do when, or I'm not even going to speak when the person comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you that you say that or even mention that, because first of all, situationships is just going to be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) So y'all just out for that. We we can't even get into that if we expect to get through all the other stuff for today. But, um, you know, I I think much like yourself, if I had been I think it had been about almost a decade, so about 10 years um, before I started back dating and getting into, um, and, you know, and being in a relationship, uh, bef- I had went through that season where, like you, there were a lot of situationships, but as far as titles and as far as something that was committed, it wasn't that. And um, I learned, I learned, you know, challenges in those particular situations. And a lot of those challenges had to do with everything about me what you allow, what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, um, you know, what are things that are uh, triggers for you when it comes to, uh, you know, 
past trauma, whatever the case may be. So I think in that decade or the time where I wasn't investing in actual, uh, actual committed, exclusive relationship, I was still learning, you know, things about myself um, and things that I need in my relationship. But coming into the last couple of years where I have dated, um, and when I say date, I think I have to clarify my the terminology for me. <laughs> dating has all forms. So if I'm dating, that means there is no title and there is no exclusivity. We have met. There are things that we like about one another and we are going through the, the process of, you know, just kind of figuring out if we want something exclusive. Now, that's my definition. I understand that it may not be everybody else's. So for me, the dating world has shown me how to be able to talk to a lot of different people and how to be able to nail down to the nitty gritty what needs to come out on like that first or second meeting. <laughs> so I'm not playing any games with you. Um, but I think relationally in my exclusive relationship, one thing that I learned was the things that, uh, you know, definitely insecurities. If you want to know what you're insecure about, get in a relationship. Right. I promise you, because you, you now have some, you, you now are in something where it's bringing out that insecurity a lot more than you can hide it. When you're dealing with just yourself, you can kind of push that to the side and be like, eh, hmm don't have to worry about that. Don't have to deal with that. And you can keep moving, doing your own thing. But relationships always are about give and take. There's always some give and take. And so you learn quickly what what those things are as far as insecurities. Um, so I would say biggest challenges for me and my romantic relationships is learning how to let people in for sure. Um, I'm always someone who can be there for others, but others being there for me is just not a thing. Uh, I shouldn't say that because your girl has done a lot of good work in <laughs> therapy and other ways. Uh, yes, she can. <laughs> um, so I would say that that's been a challenge that I continue to work through, and that is allowing myself to be vulnerable and transparent. However, it is difficult when you still are just not sure about the motives of others, um, especially in like relationships. Even if you are in a relationship, it doesn't mean that you know everything it is that you need to know about a person. And I think for me, I've always tried to qualify people in order to let them in, you know, on certain things about myself. Um, right. So... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I definitely feel like the other challenge for me is as a alpha female is what I, I call it. Someone who is very independent and who has consistently, you know, kind of been in a space where it's just been me and I've been moving. I've realized in relationships that can be detrimental to the relationship if I don't allow the man to come in and be able to be a man and you know feel like he's needed in some capacity because what man wants to be around someone who doesn't feel like they even need to be there now when i say this this is not for me to diminish myself as an independent woman because at the end of the day that's what i am and i'm i'm not going to take away from 
all the hard work and sacrificing that I've had to do to get where I am today, period. What I am saying is there are ways that you have to adjust accordingly so that you can find balance in a relationship. And that will only come with someone who's worthy of that adjustment. Moving on. So speaking about just kind of learning things about yourself, what have you learned about yourself through your either dating relationships or your situationships or whatever relationship that you've encountered over the last few years? I think uh, the thing that initially comes to mind is being afraid to let go. I have that attachment, that bond to people, um, and I don't want to necessarily let it go for whatever reason, which is why the the two situationships I referred to in the first question were over a decade each, which I know, I know y'all, I know. You don't have to tell me. Um, But (laughs) it's funny because my therapist was like, I'm trying to figure out what kept you there. And I was like, I don't know, because it was like mediocre at the least. Like, you know, like it wasn't nothing over the top. I wasn't just admired and adored all over in these situations. In relationships, well, in all of them, I think I give too much too soon which is something that I'm learning to adjust. I think there needs to be balance. And that's another difference between you and I. I'll just give off the base of that's how I, that's how I get, like, you know, that's how I operate. Um, I trust everyone until you give me a reason not to trust you. Because once you give me that reason, then it's no bringing it back for me which is also ironically crazy because I have a hard time of letting the people go. So mm-hmm. those two things for sure, letting go, giving too much of myself too soon. The other thing would be not knowing my self-worth mm-hmm. or not believing it. I guess I should say that because I know I'm this amazing person and I know how I operate in relationships. I give, I love, I adore, I cherish people how I want to be loved, adored, cherished. So there's nothing that I won't do that's legal um, in a relationship, you know, without some limitations, of course, in some areas, but I basically am all in no matter where you came from, no matter what you did in your past, no matter, you know, who you slept with. And like, none of that matters to me because right now it's you and me. I'm focusing on us. How can we grow? And I think I've, it hasn't always been a we grow. It's always been a how can I help you grow to make it work for us. And mm. I've left myself out plenty of times. 
I've kind of just been doing my own thing and wanting that support reciprocated and it never was. Hmm. So, so first of all, I um, am in the midst of of, uh, connecting with a new therapist. So it'll be interesting to maybe follow up (laughs) from this episode (laughs) once again. Feedback on a couple of things, but um, you know, I was listening to um, I was listening to a podcast um from Brene Brown, and she had the she had a guest on there, um, Sonya Renee Taylor, and they were talking about the body is not an apology, and one thing in within that podcast that I, I kind of resurfaced again when you were talking just now is this a this notion that we don't protect ourselves enough because we're trying to either um, protect someone else or um, be there for someone else or do things for other people. And, you know, just kind of what that's, why that pattern is birthed out of, um, you know, just kind of thinking about where that comes from. So what in your life has created this pattern where you take the L for yourself in order to always um, put someone else, you know, in a seat of like keeping you around, even when it's hurting you, even when it's not good for you, or even when it's something that's detrimental to you. And I will say that when I first moved to Birmingham, I was I was in situationships as well. So I stayed in situations. I I think the longest one was two years, where everything about that situation was was unhealthy and unproductive and no good for me. Yet I stayed in that situation. Um, and I remember the first time that I started going to just kind of talk to someone about things I was going through one of the questions that they asked me is, you know, just to start writing about how I truly felt about myself. And at the time when I started writing about that, it was, it was dark. It was very dark. And so I had to realize that that darkness was what was keeping me in that particular situation. And so I think as I have kind of grown and evolved and healed, Healing is constant. You don't listen. Healing is constant. You are always consistently going through a phase of healing. Um, And so as I continue to heal and certain things are not big things for me anymore in my current relationships, what I have learned are even even deeper rooted deeper rooted situations that I'm now having to deal with. So um, I've learned that, you know, I grew up, had was fortunate enough to grow up with my parents being married, having both my mom and dad in the household and really leaning and looking on their relationship as a basis for my own. And not that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, their situation isn't mine. And I think I had to really kind of come to terms with recognizing that it was good for me to have the example and it was good for me to be able to have to be privileged enough to have that in my life as I grew up. But that did, that doesn't mean that that's just 
going to be how it happens for me. And I had Mm -hmm. to be, I had to settle that. I had to settle that in my heart. Like it won't be like that. It may not be like that for you. And it doesn't mean that it won't happen for you just because it's not like that. Yeah. Um, And then I think the other thing for me is I have a tendency to, I have that, um, what we call in counseling or in therapy, that hero syndrome, savior complex of Mm -hmm. feeling like you had to save everybody and everything around you. Like, you know, and, and really that's rooted in other things that we can talk about on another podcast. But, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that's still something, a big thing that is something that I've learned about myself and my dating relationships. It's still me trying to, you know, make somebody else's life better, figure out what the other person needs. And it becomes a very one-sided thing. Um, so I just think at the end of the day, I, um, have learned that I, I have to settle some stuff within me when it comes to that whole savior complex so that I am not trying to oh my God. Say, Y'all. say, be sure you want I kids. Like- That's all I'm going to say. Just be sure you want children. I'm not even going to edit it out because I just need y'all to know. Full blown, just slam the door. You could have slowly closed it. But no, you just slam like you trying to take the hinge off. I, I digress. <laughs> That's another podcast as well. <laughs> be ready for children. Listen. Are you really ready? <laughs> And I keep saying I am, but the more I hear some things. But but yeah, so no, 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 no. That's life. We all out here living it. I think at the end of the day, just kind of learning how to balance those things about us that we view as flawed, not necessarily viewing them all the time as flaws, but just kind of bringing myself to a different perspective you know, it's not my job. I wasn't placed on this earth to, to save everybody. And in my romantic relationship, I desire a partner. So I, I don't need a project. So we got to do away with that. Mm. Um, and I think at the end of the day, what another thing about myself that I've learned through my dating relationships is how to stand on my own two feet and not be swayed so much by the opinions and perspectives of other people. Because I think as a people pleaser, you tend to sway whatever way the wind is blowing. And if you don't have, you know, if you don't have good self-worth and self-confidence and all these other things, then you can find yourself just flip-flopping every time something comes up and a person has an opinion. Okay. And I'm not saying that the opinion is wrong. I'm just learning how to live in my own truth. And when I live in my own truth, then the person that's supposed to be in that story with me will accept me for me. Doesn't mean I stop learning. Doesn't mean I stop growing. Doesn't mean I stop healing. But the person who comes in um, will be one that wants to be in partnership, doesn't want to exploit, doesn't want to, you know, just tear you down but also right. we'll be there to be like right now let's 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 talk about this real quick because you know that's not cool i'm i think at the end of the day i've learned the balance 
learning, let me say this, I haven't learned, I'm learning the balance that it takes to be in a relationship with another grown adult, especially if we're talking about doing this for a lifetime. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. And my perspective has definitely changed. Um, my last exclusive relationship lasted a whole three months. Um, but it was very impactful. And <clears throat> I think that was the first relationship where I felt like someone really looked at me and was just in awe about who I was and how I made them feel. And so it was different. It was it was the thing that I was like, okay, I've never experienced this before. And it was so real that it, it engulfed a big part of me. The thing about that relationship was that we were just in two different places. Um, mm -hmm. And he had a young, mature mind then. And so everything was all about him. And he was stuck in his traditional ways um, of thinking. And so we butted heads a lot about values in certain situations and it ultimately ended our relationship i mean now we're cool as cucumbers like we talk we have a good time and laugh but um it just wasn't right and then after that i would say the the situationships and I, now that I think about it, this could have been the thing that kept me was that I felt safe. Like, I know one specifically knew a lot about the times in the valley. So my hardships, the obstacles that I overcame, and you still looked at me like, okay, this is somebody I can get behind type of thing. And so I didn't feel like I had to put on this, you know, facade of who I was or what I had gone through. And <clears throat> so it became a safe space. I felt safe and free in that situation. And then and the other one, I'm not really sure what held me to him. Um, I just know it didn't start off that way. That wasn't the person that I was drawn to. And so to get to a place of where we are now, which I'm not speaking to any either of them, and I, I don't think that's going to change the way that it played out. But, you know, it's just one of those sad things because you spoke on, you know, not one wanting to, I mean, finding your finding your way to stand on your own two feet. And I think for me, I was the opposite in a couple of those situations where I would sometimes shrink myself because I didn't want to lose what I thought we could have, not even what we did have, what we could have. And so mm. I'm, I was the person who always saw the potential like if we could just get mm. over this little hump, we'll be fine type thing. And 
we never got over the hump. Or if we did, Mm -hmm. we just went into a deeper valley of, you know, mess trying to figure it out. And so I, the person that I am now is totally different than the person I was a decade ago, for sure. But yeah, if I had to tell her anything, like I remember a time where I did not take crap for any dude. Like you could have been like, I want such and such and I want this to happen. And I'm like, well, bro, I don't, I don't even care. Like this is what it's going to be. If y'all want this cool, we can just go ahead and end it right now. Um, but there at some point in life, I don't know who did it. <laughs> I'm trying to think back, like who, who was the person that shifted this? Um, yeah. You know, I just, I didn't, I lost me and I never got back to her. And I feel like that's where I am now trying to get back to the person that I was, the person who respects herself enough to be like, this is not, this is not okay. You're worth more than this. This shouldn't even be a thing because you know what you bring to the table at this point. And so, and I have a tricky situation because I I mean, my son's 12. It's not like he's an armed baby and, you know, I can sneak people in the house and we can, you know, like nothing. I have to legit date you and get to know you. Most people don't even, well, people do now if they follow me on social media, but if a person never follows me on social media and just meets me and has no access to me in that way, you would never know that I had a child because I don't bring him up. It's not your business until I know your intention. And that's one thing Mm -hmm. I will pat myself on the back for because there has been the, the three month relationship met him when he was two. No, when he was, yeah, when he was two, we came to my house one day and it was like briefly and he met him. But that is the only person that I've dated that has met my son. And he don't even remember that. So they don't even count. <laughs> you know, so many things that you brought up just now kind of leads me into like the relationship do's and don'ts. And one thing that you said that is so key, key that I've learned in, in dating and being in my situationships. And I think, you know, I know from what you just said, you've learned it too, is we not dating potential anymore. Mm-mm. It's good for people to have potential. All of us do, but I think we have to get past dating someone and looking at their potential as a basis for our decision to be in that relationship. Because in order for something to go into, for you know, something is potential in order for it to get to be where it needs to be in action, whatever that may look like has to be left up to the person who has the potential. And I can't make potential mm-hmm. do something different. That's not, and that's not what I'm called to do either. So I have had to learn that's a don't for me. I'm not dating potential. It might be good. There may be a lot of good things about you and all these other things. And I can see so much how you're going to be the best person and impact the world and do all these crazy things if you get to this certain space. But that does not mean your girl (laughs) is going to put herself in that position anymore where I am 
you know, because that's how that to me, that's how situationships form. Mm -hmm. that, that's essentially how they form. You see something and so you stay around. And then you invest enough time so you feel like you have to continue to stay around. And then you don't want to walk away because then you'll feel like, man, what did I do all this for? So now you're fighting an inward battle. And it's like we could have avoided all of this if I just let you and your potential go on about your way. Exactly. And then you're and maybe, hurt when the next yeah. year comes along and receives all of the seeds you've been sowing in that yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And I think at the end of the day, we have to, I think that's where we have to come in and kind of take ownership for our part in the mm -hmm. dysfunction when it comes to, you know, situationships in general, uh, right. or relationships, because that can happen in a relationship as well. Mm -hmm. um, but another a, a do for me that I've learned in relationships is to always take a seat as a student, to always be willing to learn, even in this dating phase, because while that might not be the person for me, that might not be it for me, I'm always looking to see, because I don't believe that people just come into my life for no reason at all. I don't believe that. That's part of my belief system. I feel like God has a purpose for everything that happens in this life. So if I do believe that, that means that everybody that comes in my life, there's a reason why they had to come through my front door. Well, they had to enter into my life because everybody don't make it through the front door. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, when I took that position and that has been as of late, it has helped me really let go of things more quick, quicker. That's the mm -hmm. word, quicker. <laughs> Um, and so, and still realize maybe what I should have learned or some things that I, I learned, you know, within the situation or the relationship that makes me a different person or that impacts my life or that, you know, whatever the case may be. So an example for me, and this is like super recent, <laughs> I mean, I was in a, wasn't even three weeks relationship and within that time frame. I have a new outlook on the discipline in my life when it comes to healthy eating and, you know, just my body as a whole. And that's something that I have been working on already by myself individually. So to actually gain some more knowledge and to gain, you know, maybe a different practice here or there, some different ways of cooking food, like all of that stuff, that's only going to benefit your girl. So... You, you take the bitter and the sweet, but you remember that you can always throw out the bitter. You don't have to hang on to it. And I mm -hmm. think that's a do when you're in relationships, and especially when you're dating. You Because I, I don't know about you, sis, but I know for me, I used to always go into a relationship or even a dating situation like, um, is this the one? This might be the one. Oh, this might be the one. I don't know. And the truth is, I don't, I still to this day, I'm like, clearly ain't none of them been the one because we ain't gotten there just yet. <laughs> but I've learned so much. And so I don't take any of that for granted. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think everyone has this. Well, I'm not going to say everyone, but anyone who has the desire to be married has those thoughts as you get older it kind of magnifies as you enter your 30s <laughs> because it's like, okay, Lord, time clock is like, 
Um, <laughs> and then if you don't have children, it's like, okay, Lord, time clock, biological clock. Like when we go do this, I'm not trying to be, you know, on a walker at the graduation. Um, but <sighs> relationships are tricky. And I don't want anyone to feel like you shouldn't experience relationships because some people are just like, I'm tired. I'm there too right now. Amber can tell you, like, we had this conversation the other night. I just, the effort that I would have to put in one right now for someone who didn't come with majority of things of of the new standards, um, (laughs) it's just the thought of it is exhausting. And so I really haven't tried to date anyone, um, but that doesn't mean that I don't have the desire to want companionship with, with someone. And that ten, that can also be a kind of segue into a situationship or a segue into you playing this role for somebody that is already in a relationship and they find relief through you. Um, you don't want to be that person. And I say that speaking from experience. Um, so you don't want to settle. Like you don't want to settle for being the side chick. You don't want to settle for being the polygamy wife. You don't want to settle for, um, my old lady. Like you don't want to settle for nothing other than what you require. That's what you don't want to do. Yeah, you do want to be vocal about what you want. Like, I'm learning that closed mouths don't get fed, literally, Um, because they guys think differently. They don't process everything the same way. You know, you can be like, I want us to hang out. And he'd be like, oh, well, I mean, you just said you wanted us to hang out. You didn't say you want me to take you on a date. (laughs) you know like it's almost as if you have to speak to them literally in some senses some of them I'll say that um so you do want to be vocal about what you want what you expect your expectations but don't make them these expectations that's going to cancel you out already like or disappoint you in the beginning because every, like Amber said, everyone is human. So we're all going to make mistakes. But I think you have to get to a place in your life where if you're going to date, you're going to have to also expect there to be some highs and lows. Everything can't be yeah. great. Like D-Wade and Gabby, not just 100% great. You get what I'm saying? There's always going to be some type of conflict. But I think the key piece in that is communication and respect. Like, do I respect you enough to sit back and be like, you know what, that that may have been my bad in that situation. Can we talk about it so I can get a better understanding of where you were coming from? And so you can hear me out and we can discuss how to move forward in the future. Um, Because I think a lot of times the relationships lack that. And, you know, I'm thinking about one relationship specifically, anytime that I would go against the grain, anytime I would be like, well, you said, or why can't we just, it was a thing like, and he referred to me by my middle name. So it was like, oh, Marie, you know, da, 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 da. Almost as if like, I'm your child at that point. 
Um, yeah. And so you know that I told you such and such, but I didn't say that it would be specifically. I told you we would go somewhere, but I didn't say it'll be this week. So then you still find yourself staying around for things, waiting on things. So that's another don't. Don't wait on nothing. Yeah. One thing that has been very clear to me via others, via social media, via experiences, people know what they want. And if you are what they want, they aren't going to play games with you. Mm. They aren't mm-hmm. going to string it along. They aren't going to try and work, do the, and they're not going to not try to do the work in order to make the relationship grow. I so, think, I think, yeah, I think those are, I mean, listen, I think that kind of goes back to, you know, understanding your what we call standards and your not what we call your deal breakers and having standards because that way you can you can qualify people to either stay or go and not in a bad way just is what it is you know for like for example me faith is big for me if you don't believe in the lord jesus christ you don't believe in something higher than you if you don't understand that there is um, a spiritual battle that we face, if mm-hmm. you don't know what prayer looks like, if you don't know um, who's lead, you know, if you don't have somebody who's leading your life, then I can't expect you to be the man that comes and leads me, period, at all. And so I think you have to be, you have to know what those things are and then stand firm. I don't care how good it look. How good it feel? I it, listen. I know we all out here struggling, and especially for single women who have gotten a little bit older and are looking at life a little bit differently. Saying, "I definitely want my companion. I definitely want a family. I definitely want um, a marriage. Whatever that may look like for you." We tend sometimes to feel like we need to bend on things that we should not be bending on. Now, I'm not saying you have your whole list. And he got to make all these figures and he got to do all these things. And then you'll know he's right for you. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about core values and morals and things that will be detrimental if you guys were not on the same page on. Mm -hmm. You know, those things are things that are so important to take the time and really get to know and understand about a person. Uh, That's a do. What you don't have to do is feel like you know, you won't, it won't ever happen just because something that's good, that seems good in the time, but it's kind of violating one of your deal breakers, you know, holding on to that thing, thinking that something else better may not come around. That's a don't for me. And let me be honest with you guys. It took me a while to get here because I think in my past, I have held on to good things that weren't right for me, me, because I felt like nothing else would come along or it wouldn't be, I wouldn't experience certain things again. Like, you know, being able to emotionally connect with someone was a big thing for me. And when that finally happened, I didn't want to lose that because it was the best feeling. 
Right. Being able to talk with someone from a level of, I mean, let's just be honest, to intellectually talk mm-hmm. to a man and it's not dealing with sex or when we having sex or I'm ready for sex again or <laughs> it, <laughs> to get beyond that and have just real conversation uh people you know sit and listen understand you know give perspective and you all are able to go back and have those real raw vulnerable conversations listen i i experienced that with one person who i've dated recently or yeah i would say dated we dated recently um and loved that like it was so invigorating for me i loved it um, and to this day, I still, you know, I feel like if if we were just in a little bit of a different situations in our individual lives, things could come together and we'd be great. But I can't put my life on pause, hoping that will happen when I can only I can only think about myself as far as where I need to be for him. He has to do the work of where he needs to be for me. And if that's not a place that if that's not something he's willing to do then all of my holding on is for nothing. And then I become resentful and I become bitter and I become like, I'm done with men and I can't stand you. Let me not use the language on the podcast, but um, you know hey. what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but as of right now, your girl is single, single. Where are you at, sis? <laughs> Still single. Okay. Still single. Um, I don't even have a. I don't even have a roster for a team. Let's just start there. Now that doesn't mean I don't have people on my radar because <laughs> I have someone <laughs> on my radar. Um, and trust me, if if I can get them to take the bait, your girl just y'all will know. But you know, <laughs> right now I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs praying and 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 again asking god what's storing what aisle come on and how we might need to move on up we've been shopping at the wrong stores i think um definitely but yeah I, I feel you i feel you i have been dating even in this time of covid 19 um i have had the opportunity to date and I won't say I have a roster, but you know, when one falls off, another one's hanging in the balance. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, that I think that's kind of the the thing about dating right now, though. There's so many more people that are like on dating sites and all this other stuff because people don't have things to do. Um, and so, you know, I've I've met some really great people. Uh, you know, may not have been good for me, but they are great people in general. And um, I I don't, I won't say that I am giving up because I'm not, but I'm definitely at a space right now where I don't know that I'm necessarily wanting to be anything serious for the rest of this year. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna, you know, mingle here and there. Um, but whatever the Lord brings to, I'm open to that as well. Or whatever the Lord, whatever opportunities, I should say, the Lord allows, I'm open to it. But, you know, well, we I out mean, here just chilling. 
the rest of the year not long. I mean, you know. Girl, I know. <laughs> so if you open to it after that, then you got some time. I I think you deserve a break. <laughs> um after this last situation. But yeah, I I definitely I would like to meet someone with the intention that wants to be in a relationship. I feel like I always meet people when they either just got out or they trying to figure stuff out or life happened and they don't know what the which way to turn or I I can't tell you the last time I met someone who was like, yeah, I want a relationship. I do. And so let's work on that type thing, which is, I guess, why I found myself in tons of situationships. Um, but nevertheless, again, we'll start a situationship episode at some point. We will. Another, so, you know, um, if you yeah. got a cousin, young uncle, brother, and I'm gonna be, I'm be, I'm speaking what I want. I have to be able to roll over and look at them and be like, mm, "That's me." So you know, in case you need some pointers of. They have to be at least six feet to ride this ride, okay? <laughs> Ooh. Listen, um, we're gonna have to come on here and have an unedited conversation too, because I feel like we've we've been honest because we know each other, so we know we've been honest, but there are some unedited versions of ourselves that could come out on this podcast that I think <laughs> will probably surface this season. Um, and we'll have to get real raw with some of these, some of these things. But um, yeah, and and I would say even with intentionality, like even when you find, even when someone comes along who is intentional, you still have to weigh that, you know, right. intentional because. And what is it that you're really looking for? Are you looking for someone to? been to your every will and wish and, and need and you know not to have an opinion or their opinions don't matter because that's not gonna fly Ain't it? um I, I don't care how much you pursue that's just not gonna fly um and you have to also be honest with like you know like like you said sis what what you need what is it that you need because the truth be told we tend to do ourselves a disservice by pretending like we don't need certain things and being like, oh, I can, I can, yeah, I don't really need that. I would like that, but I don't really need that. He don't really have to have his career all figured out just yet. I mean, you know, as long as he's working on something, listen, I have been down that road. I'm not telling you, you need to take, you need to make, you know, six figures or have, all this type of money, but you do need to have something figured out in that. Cause I can't, I refuse to keep helping people along their path <laughs> well. just to come to the space of feeling, still feeling alone. That mm. makes sense. So let them be intentional, but also have some things together so that they can be intentional with you in the right way because if they're being intentional with you because they ain't got nothing else better to do you got to watch that hmm. anyway any last words sis, before we close this thing on out um no um i think we kind of touched on a couple of things um 
today that will be helpful for sure for a lot of people. Um, my affirmation this week is just going to be don't reach for normal, reach for better. That's good. I think mine would be, I pray that you never again get attached to a man who isn't for you. Cool. Y'all can't see my shoulders moving, but they moving. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. That's it. We love y'all. Have a good week. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Bye.